Become spellweavers, reavers, rogues, and men-at-arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rulebook, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min-maxers, horny bards, and blood-soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role-playing games here on Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your RPG treasure trove. I'm your host and king of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, and welcome to Valor Studios. We are a, a TTRPG content creation community who love sharing our stories with the world. Uh, as I said, this is Rollin' Bones. For anyone who's joining us for the first time, this is a uh, tabletop role-playing talk show where I like to bring on guests from all over the tabletop sphere just to, uh, you know, talk about their, their gaming experiences and hear a little bit about how they're making uh, this RPG world a little bit more awesome. Uh, if you guys like what you see tonight, please subscribe by, uh, you know, joining us here on Twitch. Click the subscribe button below, especially if uh, you are an Amazon Prime subscriber. Uh, you get a free sub, and we would love it if you would use it on us. Uh, you can also find out more information about us and what we have coming up at ValorStudios.com. And if you really want to talk with other people about Valor Studios stuff, you want to interact with those of us who are part of Valor Studios, you can do so on our Discord, which you'll see a link for over here in chat. And uh, if you are joining us from YouTube, first of all, thank you so much for supporting us in that way. Uh, you know, we love our YouTube family. And if you uh, would like to share this video with anyone who was not able to join us live this evening, uh, definitely do so at the uh, Valor Studios YouTube channel. Definitely give us a uh, subscribe there as well. And uh, you'll find a link for that over in the chat too. And uh, last thing I want to uh, say to the YouTube audience is if you want to join us here live, it's every Monday night at uh, 8 p.m. Central over at twitch.tv slash Valor Studios. That's where you can join in the conversation. If at any point during the night anyone has any questions for uh, myself or the guest and uh, you want to just, you know, shout that out, definitely put it in chat and uh, James, the producer here, will send it over to us. So without further ado, uh, let's get on to tonight's guest. I hope everyone out in the, uh, the, the Bonehead universe loves this game. Dungeon Crawl Classics, because uh, we're talking about it again tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got one of the luminaries of DCC here with us. He's written several adventures for them, including the Kickstarter smash that is up right now. DCC 100, Music of the Spears is Chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome to Roland Bones, Harley Stroh. Harley, welcome to Roland Bones. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. That's a real treat. Thank you guys so much for having me on tonight. Oh, no problem at all. It is always great to talk about some funky dice and some DCC. So I'm glad that we can do it with uh, with one of the greats. 
Well, you're very generous, but uh, thank you guys for all the support. You know, Rolling Bones gives to uh, DCC. We really appreciate it. No problem at all. So whenever someone comes on the show for the first time, we've got these questions that we like to ask just everyone so we can, you know, find out where you're really coming from here as far as gaming goes. So let's begin at the beginning. Harley, how did you get into RPGs? Uh, I was about eight years old and my little brother and I, we had a babysitter. He brought uh, the Mincer basic set over to our house to babysit for us. Um, and, you know, like my, I, I died, you know, if you go into the Caves of Chaos, other you you go north through the kobold um hall you take a right you immediately drop down a pit there's there's poisonous not poisonous there's rats at the bottom that have disease my character died after five minutes of play and i was immediately hooked (laughs) and um the next week his family found out that that dungeons and dragons was satanic so they they made him get rid of all his 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 gaming books and he met me in an abandoned lot behind his house you know where we we had all the dirt bike jumps and he he passed off what you know too like eight-year-old harley was like this holy tome of of just like just and dragon stuff and i i took it home i knew it was evil right because his his family mm-hmm. forced him to get rid of it so i hid it underneath my bed and i've been playing dungeons or dragons or you know some iteration of role-playing games ever since here this is witchcraft you can handle it eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in love like i was scared to tell my parents and it was like but this is so good so yeah my uh my parents made me run uh they yeah, I ran my my father, my mother, and my little brother through Caves of Chaos, and I've been hooked ever since. Mm-hmm. When they realized that uh, they didn't have any desire to run off into the steam pipes and uh, and go in search of Tom Hanks, they uh, they decided it was okay. Yeah, there, there there was definitely a period in high school where I wasn't doing so well at school, and it's, I didn't get grounded. They took away my Dungeon Master's Guide. You know, that was that was the real punishment. <laughs> Joke's on you, Mom. I have it memorized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, of all the games that you've played in your time, and you you can say you can say the obvious if you want to, but what would you Mm -hmm. say is your favorite RPG system of all time that that you've played? Well, I I appreciate the grace of the question. Um, You know, so when I was first when I I I jumped in with uh, Goodman Games under under three point five. Right. Um, so, you know, a few, a few editions of D&D before. So we, we used to publish Adventures for Dungeons and Dragons um, as, as a third party publisher. And I, w- I was constantly writing adventures for Joseph Goodman that didn't quite fit into the rules. There was stuff that I wanted to, you know, to have in the game. You'd have to like really shoehorn in the concept or a magic item or a spell or, or a foe or something. And so it legitimately, not just because... <laughs> I'm not just because I write for them now, but, you know, DCC was the first uh, system that I could write for, not have to have, but essentially break the rules to to make something, you know, for my imagination to fit into whatever we wanted to have happen at the table. Um, You know, if there was, if there was a close second, it would be, you know, the original original iteration of uh, Cyberpunk, the 2013 box set. It's up there on the, on the stacks behind me, but Right now, my heart, my love is with DCC, and it's it's a huge privilege to get to write for something that just comes naturally. You know, like Joseph, Doug Kovacs, and I, we were there at the, the start of Dungeon Crawl Classics, the role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And and so it's really been a privilege. It's, it's really easy 
you know let's say you, know, you roll out of bed you imagine something and it's like oh well this is the this is the game system designed for the way i think of things and uh i couldn't be happier you know it's it's yeah writing for it's a real joy i'm not i'm not i'm not having to force any of my ideas around which is a real gift hmm. yeah absolutely now uh, so for, uh, yeah sorry oh no go ahead well just you know for folks that are you know the the derive of their 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 gaming imagination from kind of the, the pulp you know the the Lankmar stuff you know you were showing us the box set earlier the Lankmar stuff maybe the purple planet you know the swords and planet stuff just just for a, a more pulp oriented you know appendix in derived version of a role playing game BCC fits really well oh yeah absolutely absolutely now those of us who uh, play this game for, for long periods of time, we, we start to develop our own styles when it comes to how we like to play and how we like to run our games. So if you had to describe your play style as both a player and then as like a game master, how, how would you describe that, Harley? Right, you're amazing. I, <laughs> I, can I just say, it's not because we're on right now, but it's so nice to actually have an interview with somebody that, that plays the game. And, and has an awareness of how those play styles evolve. Um, I, I haven't I haven't played DCC in years. I run it all the time. I run it constantly. But um, but to so to I can I can answer the you know the way I judge um, is is you know, DCC has a has a has a reputation for being Gonzo. Um, my games are the the inverse of that. I I, I really appreciate. You know, a lot of times I'll cut out halflings, I'll cut out dwarves and elves, and literally just run with the the, the human classes. Um, I have a I have a pretty bare bones, um, simple, you know, grotty, grungy, lankmar sort of game is is where my my heart really lies. And so when when magic does enter into the game, it's a big deal, and oh, yeah. and 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 it, it's it's significant, right? And so. Um, yeah, so that that's where my sensibilities lie, and obviously that you know that runs counter to where a lot of people and you know I love all the folks that are running an insane Gonzo DCC game or MCC game, and and I I love to see that passion and enthusiasm. But you know when I go home at the end of the night, I I, I you know I it's upstairs beside my bed right now. I'm going through all the old uh, Robert E. Howard stories. Oh, and so yes. you know it's kind of the Cole, the Conan. That, that's that's where the, the the core of what I want to bring to the table resides. If you talk to Doug Kovacs at a show or something, you know, he'll 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 comment that it's just our our games are oftentimes a lot less Gonzo than you know folks imagine DCC to be, which doesn't make it you know wrong or right. That's the great thing about the chassis is that you can you can bolt onto it whatever you want and you can strip things from it, and and the game still you know is just as solid as when you started. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I spent I spent three hours with uh, Luau Lu and Bill Barsh and uh, Edwin. I, I can't remember Edwin's last name. Edwin Nagy talking about using DCC to run Dark Sun. So <laughs> yes, right? It's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm uh, right now. Um, well, not right now, but I uh, I have a, a deadline March first. I'm gonna miss it. But um, I'm, I'm writing a, a they, they folks go back in time on the purple planet and they take place in, you know, the 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 the, the, the God King has died. 
and they're they're holding and he's still atop his throne atop the ziggurat right like overseeing mm-hmm. these gladiatorial games to choose the next um god king of the purple planet and the pcs are are, are one set of gladiators in, you know in this pool of eight that are that are competing you know vying against one another you know to 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 win the throne of god king of the purple planet but yes i mean it's totally dark sun derived you know like the, oh, yeah. the, the dark sun stuff is just beautiful like you look at all that old i mean you know brahm gets a lot of love for the for the color art but you look at that black and white art that he did it's just like oh yeah it's just so clean so evocative yeah 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 i admire that you guys are playing that you know dark sun that's really cool and then you you mentioned robert e howard so everyone at home go ahead update your rolling bones bingo cards i get to reveal to another guest uh the howard in my name is not uh, coincidental <laughs> no come on i'm a distant relative of robert e howard wait well, that's amazing yeah. i've i i need to be a, a closer viewer that's incredible and so have you have you traveled back to the to the museum i or? i have wanted to make a pilgrimage to cross plane right. several times i just haven't been able to like make it work oh yeah. that's so cool I mean, that, that, that needs to be like a show all of its own, right? Like you guys could be like recording in the car as you drive there. Um, do you have do you have the poem Samaria handy? I don't know if you can pull it off a shelf right now. My book is downstairs. So. OK, yeah, I, I won't ask you to write, but it's it's so beautiful. And it's talking about, you know, like there's the rain coming down. And he's looking out like over hill, over hill, over hill. And they're growing more and more gray. And he thinks back to himself, you know, you know, Robert E. Howard, a hundred iterations of himself, you know, before and thinking back to when he was a Sumerian. Ugh, I just get goosebumps even thinking about it. It's it's so well mm-hmm. done. It's so well done. That's that's really cool. That's, oh yeah. That's 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 really awesome. It's it's one of my favorite useless random facts about myself. Oh, that's, 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 that's clout. That'll get you a, a beer at North Texas right away. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's great on this show because I talk to people who are yeah, every almost everyone who comes on the show is a Robert E. Howard fan. And so sure. I just, you know, I get to drop that on them and, and everyone here thinks it's cool. But you take that like into the business world. And I'm That's like, right. you guys ever heard of Conan the Barbarian? <laughs> the Schwarzenegger really movie? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Man. All right. So and maybe it's off topic and maybe you haven't announced it yet. But when you write your own stuff, are you going to are you going to draw upon that? Well, and I mean, because you're essentially you're looking at the same horizons, the same sunsets mm. and the same like the same dust in your mouth as Robert E. Howard had when he was he was writing those stories. Like when 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 you think of of creating material for role playing games, is that does that influence at all? Or are you looking towards to go other places there? I'm noticing in in the stuff that I'm writing right now, there's a lot of Howard, but there's also a lot of uh, Fritz Lieber in it as well. Oh, so that's awesome. It's it's a lot of the same kind of circle that I'm drawing from, but I I definitely do take a lot of inspiration from what my uh, what my ancestor uh, brought upon the world. That's that's definitely something that I draw a lot of uh, in- inspiration from. So cool. <laughs> That's really that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, get some get some photos from cross planes. I mean, that's that's a that's a real treat. Absolutely. Now, um, another thing that we all develop as we play this game for you know long periods of time are fond memories, especially 
those of us who then decide to dedicate a good amount of time to creating RPG content. So if you had to pick a fondest RPG memory, what would that be? Oh, right. That's a, that's a hard question. I should have, I should have studied that better. Um, you know, I th- it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so corny. So you have to forgive me. If, if, if your viewers come away with anything today, they'll learn that I'm, I'm earnest and heartfelt and, and also pretty shallow. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the, it's the friends <laughs> I got along the way. Um, you know, having the opportunity to, to, to write for Goodman games and to, to pair myself with Doug Kovacs and, and Joseph Goodman and Jen Brinkman and just the whole crew of solid people. That's, 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 that's the thing that I, I appreciate most of that's, that's what, you know, RPGs have given back to me, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not the time we, you know, we, we, we rolled a 20 and we beat the dragon on initiative. And, you know, my little brother was able to hold up the ring of wishes and, and wish everybody back five minutes in time so that we didn't have to fight with that dragon. But it, it really is, you know, um, the, 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 the connection that RPGs allow us with, with the people we play games with is, is, is really true and special. And it's, it's easy to dismiss it, you know, like, um, Oh, you know, you're just playing elf games or, or, you know, or what have you. But, um, there's, there's a, there's a real connection there. And those friendships are, are significant. Even, even oftentimes, and you, I'm sure you'll, you know, this already, or you'll find it out. You know, it's often fleeting. Like these people will be in our lives for just, maybe it's just for four hours. Maybe it's just for, you know, a couple of years and then they'll, they'll go on to something else. But, um, it's, you know, the, the, the people that I've gotten to create these worlds of imagination with that I've had the privilege of doing that with, um, mm-hmm. are, are just, are so precious to me. And, I, and it's, it's almost corny to say it out loud, but, um, you know, even, even now, and thank you guys for letting me ramble, but like, you know, when the, when the world's a complete mess, you know, we have, we have a plague, you know, shit's going down in Ukraine. Like even now it's like RPGs have value because not because they allow for an escape, but because playing a game like authentic joy is real and is valuable Mm -hmm. and to be able to deliver authentic joy to eight other people in the world is not a trivial thing right so for those of us that get to publish these games that you know we hit whatever there's five thousand ten thousand however many copies there are out in the world if that delivers a little bit of joy to our players that's 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 significant absolutely yeah and there's you mentioned the the people that you only have that relationship with for you know four hours at a time. There is a there's a bond that immediately forms when you roll dice with someone, uh, even like in a convention environment where you're just at the table for a very short time. Uh, the the people that I run games for, I have very vivid memories of who those people are. Uh, a lot of times I remember their names, even if I just ran a game for them once. Um, but yeah, there there really is just something kind of magical about we're gonna sit down and for the next couple hours, we're gonna we're gonna do this thing together. We're gonna play mm-hmm. this game together, and uh, if all goes as planned, we're gonna have fun together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I don't claim to have any special insight into it, but you know, there's there's something incredibly vulnerable about sitting at around a table and playing let's pretend. You know, essentially with oh, dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know I think I think you're right. It allows those those friendships, those bonds to to. I don't know. It's like a it's a hot house for like for for those relationships. And 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 you know they'll 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 be following us for the rest of our lives. And I hope that you know 
who knows how long people are playing Dungeon Crawl Classics, but if some if at some point in time, right, at some point in time somebody can hand, you know, DCC with this evil, you know, like Doug Kovacs, like like your your rule book, right? You know, yep. off to a little eight year old and say, hide this beneath your bed, it's satanic. <laughs> at that point, like we'll have won. Like we, mm-hmm. you know, we win the world and like take sailors, try to decipher, you know, whatever is going on in Sailors in the Starless Sea. Uh, hand this off. I mean, that, that was that was part of what age, you know, because we, we had we had, you know, Goodman Games had and 12 solid years as a successful business publishing ventures for Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until um, the advent of 4E that Joseph, you know, he every summer he would go hang out with his cousins and his cousins children. And he, he was struggling to teach them the rules. And, you know, and so that's what prompted him to come up with Dungeon Crawl Classics was something that he could take on vacation, hand off to his, you know, his eight, nine, 12 year old uh, you know, nephew, and they could be rolling dice in half an hour. And so that's that's those were the origins of the seeds, if you will, of, of you know, what came to become Dungeon Crawl Classics. Mm. Absolutely. And, and we're going to return to that very topic here in just a second, because um I've had some revelations around that particular side of things as well, but we have one more introductory question, one that's very important here on Rolling Bones, uh, because it really cuts into the heart of every guest that comes in, and I'll tell you, the answer to this question can be as philosophical or sophomoric (laughs) as you want it to be. Harley, if you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Oh, dude, I'm not wearing it tonight. I, it's it's already on it. Like all my black T-shirts are Doug Kovacs art. I, I could I, I could. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. At one point in time, I don't know. Doug was asking if if I needed anything. I'm like, dude, half my wardrobe has your art on it. And and that's that's the, that's the takeaway too, right? Like we mm-hmm. we know the people that create the stuff for us, and we create the stuff for us. And so to have, um, it's 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 what it is. If I if I had another thing on a T-shirt, Doug. So okay, a quick story. Gen Con. Every uh, at the NBC suites, um, every night after Gen Con shuts down, Doug and his motley crew of like the sweetest, kindest, most tattooed, scary dudes you've ever met, um, <laughs> they go back to the NBC suites and they they run pickup games. Um, Doug Con. Mm-hmm. For every Doug Con, they make a T-shirt, and um, and I've worn all of them into the ground. And my favorite is the there's one that was for Punjar uh, 50k. Uh, Punjar is like a before we had the Lankmar license, that's where I set all the all the all my urban adventures for Dungeon Crawl Classics. Anyways, if I could put one thing on the T-shirt, it'd be to have it'd be to have DougCon again, so I could buy another twenty of those T-shirts because there's only the, you know they were available one year you know for two weeks, and uh, and I'm gonna wear that thing into the ground, um, and uh, I'll miss it when it's gone. It'll never be there again. Mm-hmm. I I just have to ask for my own benefit. Where does one get a Doug Kovacs art T-shirt? Well, you you go to straight up. You just go to go get yourself to uh, to DougCon, or, or get somebody who is. So like literally at GenCon in the evenings, NBC Suites, um, they'll be running games and they'll have you know forty odd T-shirts that they've printed up, you know, on a variety of sizes. Send some, you know, if you're not going to be at Gary or at GenCon, send somebody over and be like, yeah, I'm here for Rolling Bones. I, I'm here to like buy my two t-shirts and then they'll get sucked into a game and, and before you know it in 20 minutes that person will be like running one of the tables so it's, it's really cool what doug what doug does is he we we commandeer this entire uh uh like like 
oratorium space. It's, it's it's not it's not intentional. Like it's like a food court when we're not there, mm-hmm. but at night um, it's just a bunch of tables. And so yep. it, usually at each table it'll be one section of a world. And so um, you know at one, at one point in time like it was different factions. And so for um, Kunjar 50k like one table like all right you guys are all the cops and you guys are all the the, the punks and you guys are all this and you guys are all that and and so they were all the different tables were fighting against one one another and and so. There was like eight judges like working with Doug to like, you know, to 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 run this this cohesive, cohesive, um, you know, game of 50 people at once. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. And it evolves every year and it's different every year. And it's it, it's just Doug Con. You just show up, you know, you have dice, you have a pencil and an open mind and and the games are just amazing. So, yeah, get get the oh, um, also a lie. If you go to uh, Goblin Mini Mart dot com i think that might be where wayne snyder um tells what what they have left over i'll i'll, I'll look it up in our show tonight and see if i can't post it gotcha gotcha i you might have just turned me around on gen con because i I've, I've thought for years that i wanted to go <clears throat> excuse me sorry and then i've heard all the stories about it's just like wall-to-wall people and i'm like maybe i don't want to go anymore but i, I think you might have turned me around on gen con now it's definitely it's it's daunting um you know for a bunch of well i i can't speak to you but i'm an introvert i i hate people <laughs> i you know i'm happiest you know i'm a i'm a dungeon master right? i'm happiest when i'm making up worlds alone and and, and occasionally sharing them um and 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 gen con is daunting but there's something there's something really i don't know it, just once in your life because like i don't know um, you know, remember when we were, oh, you're much older than, or younger than myself, but um, and the backs of like the Menser books and whatnot, you'd, you'd flip it over to the back and there'd be like the black and white ad for Gen Con. It would have that, you know, that weird, like, like, you know, symbol, like the, the, the compass sign. And I remember like just being a, a kid and I was like, all right, when I get my driver's license, me and my, my, you know, my five best friends, we're going to drive to Wisconsin and we're going to, or drive to Milwaukee. And we're going to go to Gen Con and it never happened. And it never happened. And it never happened. And it wasn't until, you know, Goodman Games came along and um, I was able to sell them an adventure. But I went to, I went to Gen Con. And I was like, holy smokes, here's, 75,000 that's the experience like 75,000 people I've never they're all strangers but you know every single one of them you like you know you inherently have that experience and it it brought me it gave me a lot of empathy um towards sporting events honestly because I I, you know um my my two children are for whatever reason they take after their mother and they're very talented at sports and like you know if you like me to a game I just blow my brains out but um like all right so what's what's the lure of football what's the lure of soccer what are the lure of these it's like to be in a stadium surrounded by fifty thousand people it's like oh all of a sudden this makes sense we're having this shared you know to be surrounded by fifty thousand seventy five thousand people that are all in love with the same thing that you're in love with all in their own way you know like that guy loves savage worlds and that's super sweet and this guy's painting miniatures and you know and she's bringing like when evie brings barbie crawl classics to the game it's amazing and she has like her these amazing barbie dolls and like the mansion you know that she uses as a judge's (laughs) screen and it's like it's everyone has that same passion for gaming that we can really relate to Mm -hmm. and to be with that many people with that same passion is is a profound experience like you don't need to do it twice but to do it once it's uh it's definitely worth it Mm. absolutely absolutely 
<clears throat> now, uh, we we had mentioned this a little bit, and, and you mentioned that this is kind of where Joseph Goodman came up with the idea of... Sorry again. Uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics was being able to roll dice in 30 minutes. Hmm. I recently kind of stumbled upon that myself and my own experience because my my primary utility for this game now is whenever someone finds out what I do and, and that I love doing this so much and they say, hey, I've always wanted to try D&D. It's inevitably they say D&D. I've always wanted to try D&D. Can you show me how? I'm like, one second. <laughs> let me let me grab this hefty tome here and, and uh -huh. show you what role playing games are all about. And I always like I couch it as, yeah, we're going to play D&D. We're playing Dungeon Crawl Classics, right. but we're going to play D&D. And I found one of the big problems for, for all the good parts of D&D and 5e in particular, the biggest problem when it comes to bringing new people to the table is someone's going to sit down and say, I want to play a wizard. And in 5e, the next question is, what kind of wizard? Right, and right. they have no idea because they don't know. How can they? How should they? Right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Whereas, Whereas... In, in, in Dungeon Crawl Classics, I want to play a wizard. Cool. <laughs> cool. Here's your wizard. Yep. Yep. Roll uh, roll 3d6 six times. Pick the highest one. Make that your intelligence and you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, you're absolutely, and, and I think there's a lot of value in, um, in, in DCC and some of the other old school games that come with that flavor where, um, you know, you're, you're when your character death, we're allowed to make death a real potential at the table because it's not going to take us out for five hours or for two hours or however long it's going to take for you to generate that next character. And, and you know, like you. That, that that's 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 a real calculus that has to go on like if, if it's gonna you know, if you're running a game for me and you know all right well harley's terrible at math it's gonna take him literally 45 minutes to roll up that third level fighter we're not we're not gonna kill him and stop the game for that long like but but if it's if it's you know i i could i could ask i could i could time you we should do that at some point like all right ryan you have 45 seconds mark said go and you're like boom all right 1d4 for hit points here's 3d6 down the line here's you know 1d100 on the on the on the table for uh for my for my background and you're done yep <laughs> and like and you you've you've created a dcc character and you're ready to go and and you know i i run games um at least like pre-pandemic i would run games for kids at the library <laughs> and and some of my my players were begging for their not begging but they death wasn't so much of an obstacle because they just love rolling up new characters and these are kids right like they're yep. they're not they're not what you would think of as the target audience for the osr or old school games like they're seven eight nine ten year olds and they're just like stoked they're like they want to know what they're you know they want to get that elven falconer you know because he has the the, the falcon <laughs> like what do i got to roll in the background to get that yeah. um I, I think that's the the, like what you're saying is you know the real gift of DCC is that we're we're permitted to make it lethal because it's really easy to come up with a new character, and so you know you can, you know you. The, the other interesting thing though is, and I'm sure you've experienced this. I'd love to hear you speak about it. You know, you so you start with your four zeros, right? Mm -hmm. And you know the one you like gets picked off inevitably first. It doesn't matter whether you put him in the in the marching yeah. order. You know, like the guy, one guy with like a 15 strength, boom, he's out. 
and then but by the time you're down to one or two characters and they're the ones who you hated and you're like oh i will never play this you know this horrible character you develop a lot of affection for them all of a sudden and by the end like like no man that 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 halfling you know seamstress you know she's gonna make it out of this thing and she's gonna like stitch you a new asshole and you know, like, like 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 all of a sudden you are in love with these characters that four hours ago you know you despise you're like ah oh, why did i roll a, a 52 on that you know that background table mm-hmm. absolutely it, yeah you know there's there's a lot of folks that talk about like you know emergent um role-playing elements and that's one of the cool things i don't i don't know that we ever thought about it in, a, in an intellectual way when when joseph was writing dcc but it's a, it's a really cool factor that you know you you're given this tableau of potentials and slowly they get went on down and in that you know regardless you're always in love with that that, that last character even though you didn't you didn't spend a week crafting them in between games you didn't pick out their background you didn't you didn't you know you know you, you know, their their family tree you love them nonetheless you don't love them any less for just having randomly generated that character right absolutely and and the love comes from the you know going through the uh the proverbial ringer with that character and the fact that they come out on the other side of it that's i i like the fact that dcc basically gives you that opportunity to fall in love with your character that way rather than uh again not not to sound dismissive or anything but rather than create your your favorite superhero and mm-hmm. keep them alive as long as possible. It's, you know, mm-hmm. here here's your farmer, or here's your seamstress, or here's your scribe. Um, somehow, against all odds, they're going to come out on the other side of this. Uh, and, and the adventure that turns them into what they eventually become, that's the process of you falling in love with this character. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and there's... There's, you know, there's there's a hundred different ways, you know, to make a character, and you know, and Five E does it some ways, um, and you know, the, the way the DCC does it isn't necessarily the right way or the one true way, but it mm. it definitely is um, a, a robust way for getting at the table quickly, gaming quickly, covering quickly when the, when the character dies because character death is a real thing. And and I don't think our our passion for these characters suffers at all. Um, right. You know, if anything, we love them because they're quirky and idiosyncratic, and you, know, you could you have a, a make it up to a fifth level with a fighter or a warrior, you know, with a seventh strength. You're like, oh my god, I love this guy because I persevered. <laughs> you know, like when you know when I, when I was a kid, of course, every fighter had an eighteen double O strength because that was just cool and that was rad, mm-hmm. but. How much more infinitely radder is it to have you know a warrior that survived despite all these challenges yeah. you know i'm not i'm not cool because i have a high you know high stat i'm cool because i've survived despite my shitty stats it's 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 a it, i really enjoy it and you know i mean we've had I'm not, I'm not proud of you're never proud to see players cry but i've been at conventions running and people get so attached to these things and when something goes south um uh, it's it's real and, it, and it's and it's heart wrenching and yeah yeah we had um one of my original playtesters she uh, she was running a, a priestess a cleric and at one point um, you know it, uh, her her character had died the rest of the party was was venturing into the to the, the, the mythic underworld in an attempt to like you know steal her soul back from death 
and it, and all it all came down to you know we the game had finished and they were kicking us out of the convention and she and the thief like they they grabbed me on the way out. They're like, no, we have to, we have to finish this. <laughs> and, and it's all right. Okay. You know, so we, we find a random table and we do the thing and, uh, and, you know, and Doug Keister, you know, yeah, maybe this is, maybe this is what you're after. Yeah. Favorite moments. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, he be, he beat death at this game of cards, stole the, the, um, raised cleric back. And, and she was sobbing at the end. Her cleric, cleric had survived. And, now, this was somebody with horrible stats that he was maybe fourth level at the time. It was, I don't know. Things are real. And, and, and the, and the emotional significance is real. It's, it's a real privilege that we get to contribute to putting that out in the world. Absolutely. Now there's a name that we've been mentioning a couple times here on the show. And we talked about him a little bit before we came on. Uh, but we, we do need to mention uh, the incomparable Doug Kovacs, uh, I've held up this book several times tonight already. I'm going to do it one more time because that right there, the inside uh, front cover of DCC, that's my that's my background on my computer. Oh, nice. Um, and Doug's art is so evocative of just the whole ethos the whole environment of dungeon crawl classics he's he's like your errol otis which is funny because you guys also have errol <laughs> otis but <laughs> he, doug is really the one who i feel like sets the tone for dcc so like what's what's been kind of your experience working with him what's it like to work with him what are some of your favorite things that he's done? Oh, that's awesome. So um, my very my very first adventure I wrote for Goodman Games in 2004, I, I mailed it uh, to, to Joseph Goodman, like you know, physically like sent off an adventure plus maps and whatnot. Um, that was uh, Legacy of the Savage Kings. That very first adventure, he had, he had at that very same time he was reading that, he had discovered... Um, that this artist that was kind of submitting stuff to him lived only a few blocks away in Chicago. And that was Doug Kovacs. And so um, by, by fate, um, Doug's first illustrations were with the first thing. His first illustrations for Goodman Games were also the same, my first adventure for Goodman Games. And yeah. so to, to see, you know, you know, to that experience of when you see your words, um, to life and come alive in a way that you had never imagined before is 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 transformative you know like you you had opened you know to the to the to the inset pages you know for the for the good for the for the rule book give me five thousand words and i couldn't write you anything as evocative as what doug presents in in two facing color pages like um you know maybe i could describe the worm you know that's devouring you know the uh, the torchbearer or you know maybe, or maybe i could you know maybe paint a picture of the portal you know that they're they're coming through a, a good artist you know just that can deliver all that information in just moments right and you're mm -hmm. you apprehend it and, and so you know I, when i when i think of of the the, the trinity of, that is like role playing games you know like you need you need writing need a, a, a judge or a dungeon master that's going to fall in love with the concept of this and deliver it to their players but then it's it's really art that informs all of that you know when i think back to 
you know, the games I started with. It was the art that I fell in love with first. And and when I think to the games I get to right now, it's it's the art that I fall in love with now. And the art just delivers that information with so much more immediacy and, and punch. You don't have to spend time deciphering it. You see it. It's right there. It's in your face. And, um, you know, I, you, you could flip through the through the DCC core book and find a new piece of art every time you open the book. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I do this to, the, you know, to this day. You know, I reference the thing all the time and I'll still find new artwork that I've never seen before. And, and uh, you know, it's, it was, it's, it's really cool to be working with folks that, that value art that much. You had, okay. All right. I'll stop rambling. But you'd said, what is it like to work with Doug Kovacs? It's mm-hmm. awesome because you'll come up with an idea. You'll write it. Doug in his, in his brilliance. And, and I, and I don't say that lightly. He sees something that, and he's like, well, you know, this isn't cool enough. This is completely happened with sailors. Um, you know, originally that I had written the, uh, the, the, the big bad guy, you know, for sailors on the start of the sea, definitely to be more like a, a war hammer, you know, black clad, you know, glossy armor thing. Doug sends back the cover artwork and it's yellow and it's red and it's blue. And sure, there's a chaos sign on there, but it's like it's it's vibrant. And, you know, and, you know, and eye stalks and, and, you know, just stuff punching out of this, this chaos paint storm or ink storm um, that all of a sudden, um, you know, I need to take the manuscript back and I need to rewrite it to try to match, you know, what, what Doug's, you know, created. So often my work is, you know, I'll, I'll do an idea. I'll turn in the manuscript. I'll, you know, the deadline comes and goes. I've submitted my fifteen thousand words or whatever and then and then you know the cover art comes back it's like no 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 guys you have to kick that back to me i have to make something that can will never match you know what these artists have created but at least i need to like try to strive to get a little bit closer to it Mm -hmm. um we are so privileged to have you know all the the artists like you you open you open sailors so you know i i fell in love with dcc back when we used to do blue lined maps i think um uh, keep on the borderlands right caves of yep. chaos you know like blue you know printer ink i'm not sure you know what the what the technical term it for is but it's it's clear i can you can apprehend it in a moment and then i remember the first time that doug showed me apps for sailors i was like doug we this is trash we can't use this you can't understand a single thing about it like where's the entrance where's the exit what is what is this is all nonsense this is meaningless you can say that because you know it took me about eight months to realize the, the error of my ways just how I, I say this with all honesty you know like i wasn't apprehending what maps could be i knew what i want maps what i wanted them to be but that was down here and then you like all right well let's let's deliver you know well the next thing up is all right well let's let's put monsters on it and make it a really cool evocative map well let's let's deliver something you know emotional attached to that map and then all of a sudden you know, you, you end up with something like you know like like the music of the spheres is chaos <laughs> it's like it's like doug has come into his full fruition and it's like it's something you have to study and 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 and, and lean into and and every time you look at it you'll come away with a, a, a new detail you've never appreciated before and i I'm, I'm i'm not ashamed to say that i was on the wrong side of that divide originally only because i've learned to appreciate just how how wrong i was and, you know, nowadays, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I, in the next few days, I'll be turning in this Purple Planet adventure, and I'm just praying 
that Doug will be the guy that gets to il to illustrate the, illustrate you know the cartography because it's just so good. It's just so good, and it delivers so much more than just what a map is. So Absolutely. yeah, <laughs> that's working with Doug. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great how some of us get to work with artists who are able to really kind of bring about that that extra sense of imagination because uh. and, and I talked about this a little bit with Ed Bickford when he was on the show uh, but sometimes it just takes one image to really make the imagination go in several different directions but it, it all it just ties back to this one single uh, block image uh -huh. that you saw that just had something in it that started a fire in your brain so, so when you when you when you say that, can you think of something like a something that captures that for you? Um, as far as something that captures that for me, and this is kind of a silly example, sure. But what, what I, <laughs> I remember uh, being like nine years old and going on IGN huh? when Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb was going to come out on on PS2 and Xbox and all that. Ah, yeah. And uh, I saw the image of Indy standing in the, the spirit world with the dragon just like up above, like off in the distance, this giant dragon off in the distance. And looking at it now, having seen all the graphical advancements that we have, I'm just like, why was I ever terrified by that? But when I was nine years old, that was the most like intimidating, scary thing ever. This giant dragon and where does that dragon come from and and why like why does this hook me you know what is it about this and so that that's kind of the best example to me of a piece of art just a single still image uh kind of really setting the tone for a lot of things that i put in my games now so w whenever people play in games that I run when you notice that there's a lot of giant things off in the distance. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's where that comes from. That's calling back. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I think I think I think you and I create adventures a lot the same way, you know, and, and it's, you know, our brains are all storytellers, right? And so, you know, your nine year old brain was coming up with the backstory for what is Indy up to? What is this dragon? You know, every, every slight little detail, it's, it's trying to connect dots or expand this web, this matrices of, of a story of the, of, of this reality, a hinge to the single still illustration. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, you know, and some of my favorite RPG art is, is art that the artist loves enough to lean into, to provide the details that can really, provide like a like a story or a clout behind it you know um but you, you think of you know an easy one like you think of like the ad and d dungeon master's guide right and and you know sutherland i love sutherland he's not for he's not for everyone but you know there's this really static you know a freak standing there and, he, and he's holding on to this lady and there's and there's a fighter below him and he's waving his sword and the wizards to the one side be done with it there but then you look at it and it's like wait the fighter has some heraldry on his shield all of a sudden, you know, you're going back to the, you know, the the the, the, the Greyhawk folio, trying to see if you can place the the heraldry on that fighter because you know he okay, well, so maybe he was, you know, from, uh, you know, the these knights are here, and then 
Oh, and on the back side of this this uh, this cover is you know is the city of brass floating in the air, and there's this this boat here you know with a tail that why you know waves on it and creates its own wind, all, all from a simple illustration. You know, we we as dungeon masters as as storytellers were we you know we we infer this whole world or at least the potential of worlds, and and I don't know what it's like for you, and I'd love to hear, it, but you know. Oftentimes I'm running games because these are the games I would love to play in, right? Like, oh yeah, um, you know this is nobody else I know can deliver this. So, damn it, I'm going to deliver it to you guys, and I want you guys to enjoy this as much as I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That I can't tell you how many games I've run just because I want to. Uh, like, I, I wish someone would try to run this game for me. Right, right. And I'm like, right, no, right. no one's going to do it? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll run it for someone, and maybe they'll have the experience that I want to have. <laughs> or, or, you know, I think, yeah, as, as, as Dungeon Masters, as judges, you know, we, we have such a clear vision oftentimes of the world we want to play in, the world we want to deliver, that, that that's what per- then permits us to deliver a game in Punjar or Lankmar or, you know, or what have you. Like, it's like, we're in love with it, and so we want to pass that on to the players and that's that's a real that's a real joy mm-hmm. and and just a hint for all my players out there the npcs that you guys run into who seem kind of cool but don't do a whole lot that's who i wanted to play in this game <laughs> <laughs> and they're not doing a whole lot because i don't want I, I want you guys to do what what they should in theory be doing so uh-huh. Oh, well, that's 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 boy. Talk about like learned mannerisms as judges, like knowing that that the players and the PCs always have to be stage center, Mm -hmm. that that really it it can't be, you know, Elminster appearing out of nowhere to to, to pull them out of the the whatever, you know, trouble they got themselves into. Yep. Like that's 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 a real skill to learn as a a, a lesson to learn, probably as a judge or as a DM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the adventure always has to sit around the PCs. No matter what yeah and that's that's the thing with like uh you know anyone who's a big salvatore fan uh mm-hmm. if, if they want to encounter uh like wolfgar and dritzt and and caddy brie in their games uh you have to think like do you actually want that because either they're gonna upstage you or they're just gonna be hanging around somewhere right right, right. we were doing uh a couple of years ago at gen con we did um, the greatest thieves of lankmar um tournament uh, so mm-hmm. we we, you know, we we run twenty tables, and by the end of the three days, there's just like two tables that are vying, you know, for in, the, in this tournament for, to be the greatest thieves in Lankmar. And one of our writers was like, "Guys, if you're going to write a, a a story set in Lankmar, there has to be Grey Mouse and there has to be Fafnir." And it's like, "Oh, they're not. They, they can't appear here." Uh, you know, as soon as Grey Mouser walks onto the stage, you know your game's over with. It's about Grey yeah. Mouser now. It's not about whatever nameless PC that or you know that you brought through here. So yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement. Um, we we fall in love with these characters, but they they're, they're characters in a novel or a short story. They don't necessarily belong at the role playing table. Yeah, yeah. And there's plenty of places in Lankmar. There was a whole time where Lankmar had a thieves guild before uh, Fofford and Grey Mouser came in and killed everyone. So, <laughs> or they burned it to the ground. That's right. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't read Ilmet and Langmar. <laughs> well done, my friend. Nicely said. But uh, as we're kind of, you know, getting towards or close to the end of our time here, I do want to talk a lot about uh, 
DCC 100. So, uh, the name of this adventure is The Music of the Spheres is Chaos. Harley just held up the map not too terribly long ago. This is a spinning wheel dungeon that you guys have in here. So just tell us a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, the hook here. What What's going to sure. bring people to the table besides the fact that the dungeon spins? Oh, it's pretty sweet that it spins. But no, it you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, so the, the premise behind um, DCC 100 is um, that God Eaters, these these theophages, um, these cultists, they were trying to, um, you know, wrest their destinies free from the gods, have have, um, have cast a line out through the cosmos, you know, to to a place beyond time, to a place beyond, you know, the material world where 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 actual chaos you know, reigns. But but chaos doesn't exist in time, and it doesn't have material form, so it can't ever can't ever affect the world. So. So these these theophages in their bid to to free themselves of gods, they, they created the soulless. Um, they, they they reached out to the elements of, of of fire, of water, and earth, mixed them all in this vast alchemical alembic, where they, they carved out the heart of the mountain. They created these elemental channels where they channeled three elements. To, they're, so they're funneling, funneling constant fire, earth, water into the base of this alchemical alembic and the tiniest thread of chaos is is being is being drawn through the cosmos to 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 essentially to the to the core of this map here right and then had had their plans had their the horror of their works not been undone would have slowly spun this alembic and slowly distilled the thing at the heart of the chaos until it was this you know enormous titanic four-headed dragon with a with a head of fire and a head of earth and a head of of, of water and a head of a void of chaos oh, and it would have broken free free of the uh of, of sagarmatha the you know this enormous mountain and then consumed the gods well that's what our players have the option to do the theophages when they realize that their 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 mystery their plan was actually working realized the horror of it fled and so for the last several hundred years the fires of creation have continued to boil and foment at the base of this alembic. So um, our, our, our player characters come in with the hopes of, you know, shutting off the, the elemental channel of fire, the hopes of shutting off the, you know, meeting with the, the elemental, you know, Lord of Earth and convincing him to shut off the channel to the elemental, you know, to the, to the channel of Earth. Same with same with water, but as they're doing so, the only places, the only means of getting to those places on the map, involve rotating some of the lesser spheres. So the solution to the to the puzzle to the challenge is in. It requires spinning the alembic, but spinning the alembic also stills this monster at the heart of the alembic. So it's this race, this mental race to to solve the puzzle before you've created the monster that will destroy all reality so it's it's dcc 100 you know i had the opportunity we um, i pitched it to joseph many years ago and so i've had the opportunity to really let it kind of simmer and sit it's, and it's grown much better for the six years that it took us to write it um and we just you know poured all the love we could into this this it's not this it's not the last adventure by far but it's it's a capstone kind of of our of the first hundred dccs um 
And I don't know if I did a good job selling it, but I'm madly in love with this adventure and I can't wait for it to get into people's hands. We've, the Kickstarter has done phenomenally well, better than I had hoped. Um, and so, you know, you see this 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 flimsy material. You know, it's, 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 it's a nice cardstock. It's laminated. It has Doug Kovacs art on it. Well, thanks to the Kickstarter, you know, it's going to be like, you know, honest to goodness, like Monopoly board thickness. You know, you're gonna open that box set, put this thing together, and it's gonna it's gonna have real meat and weight to it. It's not just you know. So you have Doug's beautiful art, but also like a physical artifact that is 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 meaty and and, and cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and for something like this, for for something that's got such kind of a, a detailed concept, you almost need that physical representation of it just uh you know so so people can keep track of it oh yeah and so and the, would, the fact yeah. that you guys have emphasized that i, I think is really cool <laughs> i was terrified dude because like it was it's all cool for me right because i get to think about it and I, I you know i'll make one mock-up and i'll pin it to my you know i i literally drew it by hand and cut out my little circle and pin it to this and get a little brad and spin it around like hey look doug it works to be able to like actually produce that to have uh the precision necessarily to, to to make that so that you know somebody in in texas can open up the box set oh and here's 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 a spinning map with you know with four different circles that all manage to work together and the, and the map the lines actually line up and it all makes coherent sense that's a really cool thing so you know it's neat that i got to write the adventure it's amazing that doug got to illustrate the map illustrate the cover um but the the third piece of that is you know Joseph Goodman and his team of really the printers at this point he he was like Harley don't 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 worry about it the printers are really good I was like this is bullshit there's no way in hell Doug you have to give him like the pixel place where it's gonna fit he's like no 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 these guys are really good and sure enough you know we got the printer proofs back and it worked <laughs> he spun the thing together it's like damn these guys are really good Joseph I, I was dumbfounded I would have bet money against them being able to get it right and mm -hmm. uh, and it came back and it, it actually worked it was so cool and then, then so to have it you know so like you know like whatever the first you know five stretch goals were more handouts and more handouts and more handouts and then um you know so to have you know you think back to like tomb of horrors or something you know where where the players watch walk somewhere and you read it out loud and you're able to show them the uh the the what what does that hallway look like um backers have made what's going to be just an incredible adventure and i myself i, I wrote this stupid thing and i can't wait to see it you know <laughs> i can't wait to open that box and look at those illustrations you know and and run it for my kids at the library and as for your uh, description of the adventure i i can't speak for anyone else out there but i heard throughout your description of it just the the opening the intro to holy diver so <laughs> <laughs> I, we only steal from the best here at Goodman Games. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's fun because um, I, I you know, you've probably heard me say this before, but I, I love I love I love well I love Mega Dungeons. It's tough necessarily in this day and age, you know, when we have kids to can't commit to like, all right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna you know crawl every ten feet through this this massive dungeon beneath Waterdeep for the next seven years. Like that's not. <laughs> just won't happen people are going to move you know things will happen you know their kids are going off to college and so adventure itself is is relatively manageable for all the complexity that goes into it mm -hmm. it's, it's it is at the end of the day an adventure you know you'll you'll probably get 
six, seven, eight sessions out of it, but it's just, it is an adventure as opposed to like a mega dungeon with, you know, 14 different levels that you know, we'll read, but we'll never actually get to play. Like this, this is, this is something that can be played. It is, it's, yeah, it's an adventure, which is, which is exciting to me. That's that, that has value to me as a, as a judge and a DM. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's always great when the concept is complex the concept is mind-blowing, but the execution of it ends up being straightforward and simple and easy to follow. So, uh, well done in that regard. Excited, dude. It's 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 really cool to be able to uh, pour all, you know, when you're a nerd like me, to you know, to pour all your passion into something and then see it, you know, made manifest. There's 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 the you know, much like your 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 giant in the distance that you're writing yep. about. You know, I have those those shades of that are all, you know, my own personal influencers are all through you know, DC's 100. And yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be really cool to get it into people's hands. And I did, you know, beautiful work with the art. Um, I, I can't wait to see what the other artists come up with when it when it comes to the handouts and what have you. But it's, it's, it's just a real privilege to be part of a of a company of being part of Goodman Games, but also being part of the larger DCC community that's going to make this possible. You know, like without without the backers, we never could have. We haven't yet to this point made like a hard monopoly word adventure or backer thing. Um, probably our, our judges screens come closest to that. So so it's 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 really the DCC community that's that's providing Goodman Games the opportunity to make this adventure amazing. Yeah, and you guys have done phenomenally well uh, with this Kickstarter campaign. Um, yeah. Things were blown out of the water like within the first 24 hours, and you guys are up against uh, like the old school Essentials second box set. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of great stuff on Kickstarter right now that is vying for attention, but you guys have managed to uh, have a fantastic campaign here uh, with a lot of stretch goals just kind of blown away very early on. So, uh, you know, the, the fact that this spoke so much to, uh, to, to backers out there is a good sign in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, you know, when, when Joseph, um, Mike Curtis and I sat down and we, we mapped out like probably the first, you know, initial five stretch goals, the, the 75,000 hard board back that that was like, like, all right, guys, if this does really well, this is where we're going to get. This is going to be sweet, guys. <laughs> and then and then you're right. Like, you know, and then we're looking at it four days later, like, ah, smokes, we got to come up with a plan, <laughs> you know, because you've probably had you know been part of a backing, you know, Kickstarter like they very easily your promises can balloon out of control. Right. Oh, and so yes. you, <laughs> you want it. And it's like and, and, and like, you know, people get high on their on their own like imagination. Like, oh, yeah, no. And I'm going to make this and I'm going to make minis and we're going to deliver this. And you're like, at the end of the day, you're like, what do we know about minis? We don't know. <laughs> you have no right to be selling people miniatures and promising you can deliver them. Um, and so to have to have Joseph um, really tailor the stretch goals in a way that they're all deliverable. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be writing another 50,000 words for this adventure. I don't have time for that. You know, the adventure's written. The adventure's done. It's in layout. You know, the art's coming in. There's, 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 we're not going to screw around with like delaying this. And so at this point, all the, all the stretch goals are physically things that are going to make the adventure uh, cooler. You know, the, you're going to open up that box and like, 
hopefully you know we'll get to whatever the so i think i think the next one at 175 is like you know the the mp3 from loot the body you know with the potential of like a flexi disc that you can put on your turntable but you know it's it's all stuff that is is completely manageable that is 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 deliverable as opposed to uh, run this thing up to to half a million dollars and realize that you know, 10 years out that we weren't able to deliver on those promises yeah absolutely yeah so uh w one last thing that i wanted to discuss uh, before we kind of wrap things up, I, I did hold this up uh, beforehand, uh, but I, I recently got a hold of the Lankmar box set, uh, which is amazing for me because, like I said earlier, I'm a huge uh, Fritz Lieber fan. I love Fofford and Grey Mouser. Um, anyone who takes one look at my Night Haven setting that I'm working on right now is going to go, oh yeah, he, he, likes, he likes some Fofford and Grey Mouser. Um, so w what's been some of the like coolest things that you've been able to do with this Lankmar <sighs> setting? W Dude, what have been yeah. some, some cool things that you, you've seen from even like beyond yourself, uh, like other contributors to Goodman games, sure. uh, sure. just using this wonderful world of, of Lankmar. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, so I, I have the privilege of working with Mike Curtis. He's the current, um, line editor production editor for the dcc line mm -hmm. and um before he before he came on to goodman games full-time he was a historian and um i'm not i'm not sure the right word for it but he would he would he would research stuff and like okay like you know he would find notations in books and this is this is page 15 of this edition of this edition. and my my brain's not designed for that you know like i fall in love with stuff and like i run with it Whereas Mike Curtis is a scientist. And um, when he and Doug and I were kind of fleshing out the bones, and I, I don't want to end glories that I don't have, like Mike Marr is, is Doug and Mike, 100%. More of us contributed to it, but it's, it's Doug and Mike. Um, he created this Google spreadsheet of every term, where, where it was located in the world, what book it was located, what page of what book. And so I, I to this day, um, I have this beautiful spreadsheet that this annotated, I don't know, glossography of 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 Lankmar that um, and 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 the world that 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 Mike Curtis put together. Um, when you say what's what's the coolest thing we got to take part in, I think it was really um, probably the Greatest Thieves tournament at at Gen Con back in 2019. Just able to like you know you dream of Lankmar it's, and and to to be a licensee of Lankmar and, and to of Liber and you know, to go in and and try to deliver that world and to have all these people playing in you know his you know his city of Lankmar was was a real gift um when you when you open up the map to uh, in the, in the box set and you look at the city of Lankmar and you compare it to um, if you if you have a copy or if you can find a picture of the image, you compare it to the TSR um, street map of Lankmar. There are certain key differences. Like um, you'll see streets, different places named different things, and those aren't a mistake. They are a hundred percent intentional. Um, Doug and Mike they deconstructed the uh, the TSR. Um, street map of Lankmar, which for the longest time has been the gold standard, which I grew up loving, which is amazing. But they went back to some of Liber's original works. They studied the text, mostly Michael, of like, whenever, you know, Fafford would reference a street or 
or you know, you know, uh, Grey Mousers darting across an alley, they would make a notation. That, that actually created like key differences between the TSR maps and the, and the maps that, that Doug created for the Legmar box set. And it's all born out of the text. It's all, you know, not that, you know, me as a gamer would ever care or know or like it has no weight whatsoever, but it's all it's all textual, textually derived, you know, for this for this Gonzo game where you're going to be running across rooftops and, and falling down alleys and, you know, and, and hiding in boudoirs, you know, hoping that, the, you know, the guards are going to run by. But it the, the, the Lankmar box that has that 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 core uh, scholarly textual basis, which is just really cool and really mm -hmm. fun. Oh, yeah. And and that was one of the things that really w when I opened it up, my, my wife gave it to me as a Valentine's Day present. So uh, when I opened it up, love, dude, you got to keep her. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I opened it up and I was looking through it and I was just like there. This is all. Like you said, it's it's like historical documents almost go just like this is a chronicle of the world of Nuan of Lankmar. Huh? Uh any question that you might have about, well, what, what's the answer to, you know, like, where can I find X or where, you know, where should my players go if they're looking for this particular thing or person? It's all in there it, and, and so much more than that. And the fact that, uh, you know, Michael went through all of those stories and all of that text and for anyone who doesn't know, there's a lot there's a lot of Lankmar stories out there. Uh, Fritz Fritz Leiber was very prolific with Lankmar. And and they stretch for like 30 years of, of Lankmar stories. That's a lot to go through. The, the fact that it was that, that much love and attention put into it, uh, that just makes me love this thing all the more. There, there was uh, one of the first maps that library not published but like he had submitted it to a fanzine and it included a map of of Lankmar. um like i i i purchased a, not a microfish copy but like a, like essentially like they they went to it and they printed it out you know from their scanned files and sent it back to us and um you know and we were all able to share it around like the the level of detail and passion that that michael poured into the setting and and Doug too, um, mm -hmm. we had we would have a, some of the, some of the original artists. Um, there's there's just one Doug Kovacs, but we'd occasionally we'd get art back for for the Lankmar set, and it would have elves or dwarves in it. And and like you know, Doug Kovacs was going to march into like Joseph's office and just like burn the place to the ground. Like he, Doug has no aspirations to be an art director. But he was like, no, this is bullshit. There aren't elves in Lankmar. There just aren't dwarves. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and to the point where he, he for three months for a very i'm sure he was miserable the whole time he was art director for the, the, the like more box set like sending things back to people <laughs> like no you can't do this and and the setting is so much better and so much more authentic for uh, you know this task that he hated but he's so earnest in his devotion to his own artwork and what his artwork's going to represent um that he, he couldn't you know, he couldn't let it happen he would have Right. Sooner quit the project than have a you know an elf and a dwarf standing side by side in, in Lankmar. Yeah. And it caused a lot of problems. Like Joseph was like, it's not this important, guys. And Doug's <laughs> like, this is so I will kill people for this. Like it was <laughs> it was a real thing. Man, that 
and you're right. Like, there, there aren't elves or dwarves in Lightmar. Oh, no, it's, no, no. It comes from a time period of, um, you know, sword and sorcery fantasy where everything was very humanocentric. It was pre-Tolkien mm -hmm. or contemporaneous with Tolkien in, I, in some right, regard. Right. But they had no interest in exploring kind of the demi-human races. It was just, here's what the humans are up to in these kind of weird worlds. It's the same thing when you read... Uh, the Conan stories. There aren't really elves or dwarves or anything other than humans. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and you can imagine, you know, what a what a disservice it would do to a Conan tale if you know if if a random you know writer got the license and introduced elves. Like, oh, this is going to be brilliant. I'm going to bring Tolkien to Conan's world. I'm like, nah, dude, you just ruined it. Like, like your brilliant idea just stripped the setting of everything that 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 even its magic. Uh, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons has been with us for so long now, and that it's it's in a lot of ways it's become very self-referential, yeah. and so you know it, it's the, the, the you know the, the things we love about Five E were based on you know four E three point five, which were based on Second Edition, which was you know and, you know Second Edition Lankmar, you know, when we first saw Drizzt for the first time is you know it's born out of it it it, it it's it's become its own mental entity at this point. Yeah. Um, to itself and so you know the the, the joy of going back to legmar going back to edgar rice burroughs robert e howard to all these you know what's labeled appendix in all these pulp writers was really this opportunity to do away away with what's what's it created not because it's bad but it's just like let's strip it back to the bones back to the things that inspired the people that um that made these games originally Let's see what we can we can do with those those mythologies and those stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a whole mindset and philosophy of fantasy that's really kind of been lost to time. And I love that people are, you know, keeping it afloat because it's interesting having grown up in a world where fantasy meant elves, dwarves, halflings, because, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings is the monolith that it is. Uh, I associated all that stuff with fantasy. And so to explore a time before Tolkien was that ubiquitous in in kind of the vernacular fantasy, even before, uh, you know, D&D &D made all that stuff uh, kind of exist in our headspace as as this is what fantasy is. Exploring these ideas of, you know, he, here's a humanocentric world or he, here's a world where there really aren't that many demi-humans where there's not a whole lot of magic and what is out there is stuff that will quite literally uh, destroy your mind and reap your soul. That's interesting. <laughs> right, right. You don't, you don't use, you don't use continual light to like light up your basement because <laughs> who knows if I miscast that spell, I might, I might, you know, walk away from here with like three eyeballs. Like yeah. magic, magic has consequence. You know, adventuring has consequence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, Again, it's all really summed up. I, I know you mentioned uh, that, you know, the Doug Kovacs front cover being uh, really kind of the, the best summation of what this thing is. But I got to say, the, the text on the back cover here is <laughs> also just like. You're no hero, you're an adventurer, a reaver, a cut purse, a heathen slayer, a tight lipped warlock guarding long dead secrets. This this soliloquy here uh -huh. on on the back of the DCC book 
that really, I, I think that really kind of sums up this philosophy of games and, and fantasy uh, that so many people exist in when they run these games or when they read uh, these sword and sorcery stories. I, I think that sums it up so much, you know, just so concisely, and it's so beautiful in in its own yeah. crazy way. No, Joseph was inspired when he wrote that text, and it's it's something I, I'll I'll refer back to it's as corny as it sounds. Like it's like seven mm -hmm. lines. Like we should have it memorized by now. But you know, you 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 drop in, you know, Reaver or or Heathen Slayer or Tight Lip Warlock here when you're writing an adventure, and all of a sudden. You know, it starts to stitch the story a little bit tighter and you know and the adventure starts to make a little bit more sense now and it's a it's that callback to you know appendix n and the pulps and and, and now you know we're starting to like you know explore like what inspired the pulps like let's let's let's, let's dig back into the into the into the you know the bones of this this shared mythology that we enjoy just a little bit further mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's 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 a really cool time to be the the original like Call classics adventures that we published, you know, for for D and D, were very much, you know, and done in reverence and homage to the TSR adventures that we had loved as kids, and and thankfully, you know, we had kind of we had worked that out of our system, as it were, right around the same time as DCC came along, the the, the role playing game, and so at that point we were able to say, all right, all right, okay, cool, let's let's pretend none of that ever happened. One of the cool things about the pulps and then and then reach into that and so that's then you see you know mcc born out of that and lankmar born out of that you know peril on the purple planet and then uh and now you know we're we're entering this next era where we're not referencing those and we're not referencing this and and it's really wide open so we're not trying like you know there's 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 not <laughs> the two there's there's i love tsr but there's not a single tsr map looks like this and it's it, we're, we're not we're not we're not aping tsr anymore but we're trying to deliver the the emotional resonance that we fell in love with when we walked into the caves of chaos and vanished down the pit and 15 rats bit us and you know we died of tuberculosis or whatever uh so that's dumb <laughs> let's be cool though a rat with that gave you a lung disease um <laughs> anyway <laughs> but you know but just to to deliver you know and that's all right i'll shut up but um but to deliver on that that the, the magic of discovery has for better or worse been rendered impossible when we all know what an orc is and what an elf does and what a dwarf looks like and so to deliver new worlds and new opportunities of discovery that you know that that did capture what it felt like when we were playing role-playing games for the first time mm -hmm. that's, that's really what dcc is all about right now oh yeah yeah you guys are setting out to make your uh your 2112 or your uh, your limelight <laughs> To, oh, to reference my favorite or uh, moving pictures to, to reference my favorite band. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty fortunate. We're, we're really fortunate. And, and, and to have, you know, the, the people in place where you know, we have Doug Kovacs to illustrate it. And we have Joseph, you know, Goodman and you know, Matt Hildebrand and all the, all the people, all the people behind the scenes, you know, that, that, that make that magic possible. You know, like you and I get to be up front and I'll, you know, and, and you're Ryan from Rolling Bones and I'm Harley and this is DCC 100. And dude, without James and without, you know, Jen Brinkman behind and be like, whoa, Harley sure has a lot of typos in this. This whole thing sucks. And, yeah. you know, like, and, 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 uh, and Ryan has no audio because, you know, James is <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like it's 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 the infant, you know, you, you do cool things because you're surrounded by cool people that, that make all of it possible. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this conversation has absolutely flown by, and it's been fantastic, but we are running up against our time here. So what I'm going to do, obviously, we've got the Kickstarter uh, that we want to direct people towards, but anything else that you want people to... uh, to take a look at any anywhere where they can, you know, hear from you, see your work, all that stuff, uh, any social media or anything like that you want to plug, go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find Harley Stroh on the internet. Uh, thank you very much. I'm um, You can find Harley Stroh on Twitter, but if I had one thing that I'd want every viewer that hasn't played, go to Goodman Games, download the free PDF um, starter set or, uh, you know, the quick start for Goodman Games. For, for the DCC RPG, play through it and then write your own thing that is amazing and brilliant and magical. Goodman Games has just a phenomenal, they do phenomenally support, they do a phenomenal amount of support for the third party publishers. And, and you know, every new judge, every new table brings a new iteration of DCC to the table. And I, I can't wait to see what everybody else comes up with. Like, I know my brain whatever that's boring but like to see what you know rolling bones comes up with you know to see whatever that that nine-year-old that i'm running you know for a, a table for at the library what, what she comes up with that's 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 where the future of all this lies so you know thank you guys so much for having me on it's been such a huge privilege thank you for letting me <laughs> ramble but uh yeah, yeah I, I i can't wait to see what this what what dcc does in in the hands of next Probably as old. Like let's let's get new writers in here to create new amazing things. Absolutely. And one recommendation I'll make to anyone out there who has not done so already, uh, just based on the kind of conversation we've had tonight, if you are interested in any of the stuff that we've been talking about and you want to go back to some of those sources, here are two places to start. Uh, read Tower of the Elephant by Robert uh-huh. E. Howard. I, I consider that the origin story of the Dungeon Crawl. Tower of the Elephant by Robert E. Howard. And then also uh, Ilmet and Lankmar. That's the story of how Fafford the Grey Mouser met in Lankmar. Uh, there's a great collection called Swords and Deviltry, where you can get some of those origin stories of Fafford, origin of the Grey Mouser, and how they first met. Uh, but if you only want to listen to or read one story about Fafford and the Grey Mouse or just to dip your feet in, Ilmet and Lakemar is a good place to begin things. It's the best place. With those two adventures, with those two stories alone, like that's that's the foundation for everything. Yeah. Take that, run some games, and then write something amazing and 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 publish it and, and share it with all of us. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. And if you are inclined to the comic book side of things, Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith did an adaptation of Tower of the Elephant in their Conan run. Uh, So if you can find that, that's also pretty awesome and pretty trippy. So (laughs) check that out, too. Well said. Well said. So, guys, that's going to do it for Rolling Bones this week. I'll be announcing the full... uh, slate of guests that we have for March uh, coming up at the end of this week but uh, just to let you guys know what's coming next Monday uh, we will have the Silver Boulets on here for the first time that is uh, Rocky Gardner and Ian McGarty you guys have heard me talk about Ian on the show here he uh, has done a lot 
for me personally, helping me to understand getting an adventure out there, finding, uh, you know, people to help you get stuff published, all, all that stuff. So I, it'll be great to finally have Ian and Rocky on the show to talk about uh, their their projects and what they have coming up. They're launching a Kickstarter campaign here soon. Uh, so that's what you can look forward to next week. And just as a reminder, uh, everyone, follow Valor Studios on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. Uh, ValorStudios.com and the Valor Studios Discord are great places to find information on what we've got going down. And, uh, you know, subscribe here on Twitch if you feel so inclined. And uh, definitely subscribe on YouTube and share this with... Uh, any friends of yours who missed this conversation but you think would really like to hear it. So until then, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I'll see you guys next time.